Good afternoon, Average Joe's podcast listeners. I'm your host, Mike Van Erman, along with my co-host, Sam Hiller. Today we're going to be recapping uh, the Chicago Dodgeball Open. It just happened about a week ago. And we're going to look ahead to the Beast at JMU. We're going to look at the Ohio Dodgeball Cup and, of course, the MDC here at Michigan State. Um, so first thing we're going to do is we're going to, um, we're going to throw it over to Sam Hiller, and he's going to give his take on uh, how the Chicago Dodgeball Open went down. Thanks, Mike. Um, I think it was a very good turn by every team. Um, we haven't always said that in the past, but I think this is a turn where every team showed that they're a good team. And um, Grand Valley obviously went 3-0, stood out, but uh, down a few varsity players, but they still were able to beat James Madison despite being down one nothing. Um, still able to beat the two other teams they played. I think they played <coughs> DePaul and Nebraska. Um, so that was a good showing by them. James Madison proved that they're one of the best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. They took that first point at Grand Valley, which I think is pretty key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just to prove that, hey, they're here to, here to stay. And uh, they also beat Michigan State, which is also big. Um, Michigan State went 2-1. Uh, we only had 14 players, so I wasn't really disappointed with our results. And uh, even, like, DePaul and Moody and Nebraska, who didn't have the best – Record. Record. They all played well. Um, Moody played well once they got Ryan Pattinson back. Uh, Nebraska, despite only having 10 players or 11 players, however many players they had, played pretty well. Uh, they picked up a couple points. Um, DePaul played really well. I think they beat Nebraska like 7-3, to three, so that's a good result for them. Absolutely. So, yeah, what do you think? <clears throat> well, uh, starting with Nebraska, I was uh, surpri- pleasantly surprised on how many people that they had that, that could – throw pretty hard. Uh, last year when we played uh, Nebraska, um, I didn't remember very many power throwers. I just, uh, I remembered, you know, a couple people who could throw in the mid-50s approximately. That's and, pretty strong. Well, for, for <laughs> Sam Hiller, that's pretty strong. But uh, by, by the rest of the standards, it's, uh, it's a little weak. <laughs> but uh, no, I remember a couple people who could throw in the mid-50s, um, but I couldn't think of anyone that I, that, you know, by passing the eye test could crack 60. But there were a couple guys um, who could who could really wing it from Nebraska, um, and you know, playing down with some players, you know, not playing with a full roster. I mean, especially they played four games. They played more games than anyone else besides James Madison, who also played four games. Having only you know ten, eleven, twelve players, that's a long day. That's a long day on your arm. That's a long day, long day on you know running around, and you're gassed by the end of it. So. Give them a lot of credit because not only have I seen improvement in you know their physicality, um, in terms of you know throwing and catching, but I was I was impressed that they were able to, they were able to stick out a very long day with with not no subs. Um, Moody, I also have seen improvement uh, since last year. Uh, again, they uh, they had a couple people who could who could throw pretty hard. Um, they had one player who was on the all NCDA team. What was his name again? Uh, Ryan Pattinson. He actually didn't play against Michigan State, but he played later in the day and okay. definitely showed why he was all NCDA caliber. Absolutely. So, um, but even without him, I definitely thought that that he would or that they had some pieces that were you know that were pretty valuable, and we ended up not uh, not having too much trouble uh, in the final score. But there were you know especially at the beginning, you know Michigan State did their patented come out really slow. And not play very well, uh, and they had us on the ropes for one of the points. So you know, I was I was definitely impressed uh, the way that they played. Um, I I definitely think there's room for improvement. I think that um, that their younger players. I I talked to a few of them, really nice guys by the way. Uh, I talked to a few of them, and 
they, you know, one of them mentioned that he was a sophomore, and you know, I think they had a couple of young, uh, younger people on there too. So, you know, when when they get more time in this league, they're you know they're definitely going to be players, you know, that are going to be throwing 60 to 65 miles an hour and being one of those difference makers on the court. Um, and another thing, um, Moody's school hadn't even started yet by the time that the CDO happened. So they were missing a lot of players, is what I saw from Jake, who also played pretty well. He had some good catches. Um, so look for them if they go to Nationals to be a, not a title contender, but definitely a, a spoiler a spoiler or quarterfinalist appearance or something. So <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't count them out. It's, they're not an easy win for anybody, especially at full strength. Um, and, you know, just like you said, if – if school had started by then, I'm sure they would have had at least two or three more people and two or three difference makers at that. Um, DePaul, they put on a fantastic tournament as always. Everything was run very well. Uh, they supplied uh, referees that knew what they were doing. Um, we had great gym space. We had, you know, we had some food available to us. So thank you, DePaul, for putting on an awesome tournament. Uh, and look at DePaul putting seven points up on Nebraska. I was very impressed. Uh, that's, in my memory, I've been in this league three years now, that's the most points I've ever seen DePaul put up. And they have, I, I cannot remember his name, but they have somebody who throws deceptively hard. Like, you look at him from, like... Does he throw like this? I think so. I think you're talking about Brian Van Meter. I think his name's Brian, but it's, it's like Van Meter or something like that. Okay. Number 91, I think it's that. I, I don't remember his uh, number. But he, throws, he has, like, a chop throw, and it's like... You don't, because he doesn't really pull it all the way back. You're like, oh, this is going to be weak. And Allison's like, whoa, this yeah, is already on top of me. It's right on top of you, and <clears throat> and it hits you in the face. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, I mean, not only when my freshman year, um, a couple years ago in this league, DePaul, they were a lot of fun. They, you know, they goofed around a lot. Now DePaul has some very valuable pieces, and they have, you know, they've got some a lot more talent than they did my first year, and they still have a lot of fun. So... I feel like I feel like that you know they're going to be in the same category as Moody, yeah. um, especially for uh, for nationals. You know maybe a, a quarterfinalist, maybe you know sleeper or spoiler team or someone who's going to not maybe if they don't beat one of the teams that you know goes on to the semifinals or anything like that, they um, they could definitely wear them out because you know a they're they're fun and they're running all around all all over the place and they'll tire you out and b they're just you know they've got some talent on their squad. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if I would say they have more talent now. I mean, as a team, they have more talent. But one of the best players in the history of the league, I don't know his real name, but his name was Heisman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That guy could catch, throw, <coughs> run, do everything. He played for DePaul. Wow. One of the best players I've ever seen. I, I have not had the pleasure of seeing Heisman play, so if you can dig up some videos yeah. on the archive, Zygmus, I'll, uh, I'll kick that over <laughs> to you, Zig. Um, so, uh, and then Michigan State, <clears throat> decent showing. Uh, I was personally a little disappointed, you know, even even down the amount of varsity players that we were down, I felt like that we didn't capitalize on what we should have. Um, we uh, had, I think, 9 nothing against Moody or something like that, um, or 8? Eight. 8, okay. Um, and then a similar, a similar score with Nebraska, and then 2-1 uh, to one to James Madison. And, you know, James Madison definitely showed, uh, showed what they were worth. And, you know, they, they came out fast and we came out flat. And they took the first two points in the first half, you know, I think in 15 minutes. I mean, it was not, it was not a long time. So 
I was proud because we did have you know, a good amount of rookies there and um, a good amount of our seasoned veterans uh, missing. One of our all-stars, um, Alex Acton, actually broke his hand. So he wasn't able to make the trip along with a couple others. Um, so I was impressed with some of our rookies who really stepped up uh, and, and played well. <coughs> and it's, it's difficult to, to gauge yourself you know, in a three-game sample size, um, but hopefully going forward, the people that we that we brought really take you know take value in the fact that they played well and even though they played well in a loss, that's going to set us up hopefully better down the road. Yeah, agreed. Um, I think James Madison just had great strategy. Chris had one of the best strategies I've ever seen for a, um, a dodgeball tournament with getting the rebounds, mm-hmm. and you could see that they we just didn't have an answer for that in the first half. And without our power arms, we just couldn't get the rebounds ourselves in the second half. And uh, um, unfortunately for them, they didn't have really an answer to us when they didn't have a didn't have the rebounds. Right. So we'll see if they can adapt for nationals. I don't know how the gym's going to work at nationals. If they're going to be even rebounds or no rebounds or anything, but um, we'll see how they adapt because that's how they got up that one nothing lead on Grand Valley as well as getting the rebounds. Right. And so. Well, and and. Um, when they when they had the rebounds, uh, their power throwers were just going to work on us, you know, just picking people off left and right. And then when we had the rebounds, they had more power throwers than we did at this tournament, and they had you know a better you know a better strategy and get out quick. Um, and then by the time that we had the rebounds, they were able to slow it down. I mean, there was one point in the second half, yeah. and you two know, points. Oh, two points. Okay, but um, <clears throat> only one point was one. Right, only yeah. one point was one, but. Um, but, I mean, they were able to slow it down, and, you know, when they decided to slow it down, we, at this tournament, we just didn't have the power arms to, to you know, reach back and pick them up. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, it was great, like I said, great strategy by James Madison. Uh, the one thing James Madison, I think, needs to work on, um, well, two things, I guess. Uh, number one, I think they need to work on accuracy a little bit. Mm-hmm. I noticed uh, one of their best players, number 35, uh, I don't know, Andrew Hassett, I think his name is. Okay. Um, Keenan Arm, but all his throws were... A foot and a half over my head, and it was just like, that's too high for me to even bother to try to catch. Right. And it wasn't just me; he's doing that too. It was Eric Paul. It was like everybody on our team. Um, so if they can work on their accuracy, that could be really scary. And another thing they need to work on is catching. They had a couple catchers. Yeah. But absolutely. as a team, they were just like not trying to catch so much. They're more playing more defense blocking as opposed to going for catches. One of these days, number thirty-five is going to be. "Quote unquote inaccurate and just blast from the face for that comment, <laughs> and I'm gonna laugh my butt off. Um, and Grand Valley, uh, you know, nothing new. Did fantastically. Got down on the ropes early against James Madison and came back with three point three consecutive points. Um, I was able to catch a little bit of their game, and uh, they lost Stevenson. Stevenson. They lost Stevenson due to graduation in the winter, um, and they they don't really. I don't feel like they've missed a beat. They still have power. They still have catching. They still have team cohesion. They still have uh, good strategy. Uh, Mark did a called a fantastic strategy game for them. Um, so definitely look for them to be um, one of the last teams on day two of finals to be playing because you know they looked they looked really good. I thought. Yeah, uh, Grand Valley as always looks good. Um, I didn't get to watch any of that game against James mm-hmm. Madison, but the the little bit I did get to watch against were against DePaul and Nebraska. So those are games that you expect Grand Valley to win. Right. So I didn't really get a chance to really gauge how good they were, and also they were down some of their varsity players. So we'll see for more for sure 
at the Michigan National Cup. I mean, obviously, they're going to be one of the four best teams at Absolutely. Nationals. Absolutely. But we'll see how really good they are, <laughs> minus Stevenson, minus whoever else they've lost um, at National or at MDC. So. Absolutely. All right, and now we're going to go on and we're going to preview the Ohio Dodgeball Cup. Participating teams will be, uh, of course, Ohio State, Kent State, Miami, BGSU, uh, and RIT, um, which is uh, a new thing this year. I don't think I'll... No, they, they played last year. Oh, did they play last yeah. year? Okay, I'm wrong. Um, so what do you feel like uh, is the most likely outcome for this tournament? Wow. Well, last year, everybody went 2-1 <coughs> and one except for Rochester. Um, they went 0-3. Okay. I could see something like that happen again, honestly. Um, Bowling Green, Brady has said some pretty, like, we're going to win this type of stuff. Good, good. So good for them. Um, I have faith in them. Uh, Ohio State, I think, is a sleeper team for Nationals, honestly. Like, from what I've been told by teams, they're on the way up compared to, like, what we saw at the Ohio State invite or whatever. Um, they have Chris Stringer, who's thrown upper 70s. See the guy who popped the ball on my back? Possibly. I think, yeah. He threw a ball. I mean, it just kind of sailed out, and I was in a different game, and I was in an outline, and he threw a ball, and it ended up uh, hitting me, and it popped on my back and left a, quite the nice bruise. Yeah. So... Ohio State, I have a sleeper team. Um, Kent State is the most talented team. They have the best record so far out of all the Ohio State uh, all Ohio teams. But from what I've been told, they lost Jason Hellman, a.k.a. Machine Gun. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, no I guess way. he graduated. No way. Yeah. Damn. So, um, yeah. So, we'll see if he uh, um, if his loss really impacts Kent State. Because I feel like Kent State offensively, Relies on Camden Fulmer and Dan Shackelford, along with uh, Maleo, I think his name is, number nine, and uh, number, I forget what, 81 or something like that, 82, some, some 80 number, are like the main four guys. But their strength is defensively and getting balls between Billy Cameron, whose number is Pi, 3.14, whatever, right. and, machine and, gun. and Machine Gun. So you get rid of one of those, those cogs. Right. And all of a sudden, you can only cover half that court. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how good they're. the rest of the team is blocking, catching. Um, he was a good way to, to allure dodgeballs because he'd draw so many throws. Right. A little um, bit of ball control. Yeah. So with the Kent State whole game plan being ball control, we'll see how that affects their game plan. Well, real, realistically, you cannot replace Machine Gun. He is, I would put him as the best blocker in the league. Um, he's always, you know, one of the last people out mm-hmm. on Kent State. Um, if I were to pick a person to win, excuse me, a team to win this uh, tournament, I would pick Kent State. Um, but I think it's going to be a dogfight between them and Ohio State, just because I think that they're both they're both very talented. Uh, it's just going to be interesting to see what kind of play styles they adapt for that game, um, and what kind of answer Ohio State has. You know, if they have a roster that's pretty heavy on power throwers, if you know, with the loss of Machine Gun, if they're able to, you know, pick off. Kent State with you know with only two person team throws instead of a three or four person team throw, um, it's going to be very interesting for me to see that. Uh, I'm still going to give the slight edge to Kent State though, just because um, I've seen them play. Uh, they've they're very competitive and they're very they're talented. And even though Machine Gun is apparently gone now, I still think that between Camden and Dan, I feel like they'll they'll find not not necessarily an equivalent replacement, but some but somebody who can play. Uh, well enough to keep to keep their strategy going. I feel like that they play ball control very well when they decide to do it. So if oh you know if Ohio State gets down one nothing, 
I mean, I would be shocked if, you know, if any team in this nation, aside from, you know, Grand Valley and a couple other select few, if any team could come up from a deficit from Kent just because they play ball control arguably better than most most teams in this yeah. nation. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, and Kent State has the advantage of having the best player on the court when they have Cannon Fulmer out there. Like, he'll be the best player of the tournament. Um, no offense, Brady or Chris Stringer or anybody else, but... Camden's great. Camden's can do it all, so... Uh, and they had the best one-two punch. When you put Cannon and then you put Dan Shackelford with them, like, those two can both light you up. Yeah. So, um, we'll talk about a couple other teams now. Bowling Green, um, like I said, Brady's been saying a little bit of, we got this type of stuff, so... Um, good for him? Yeah, I'll, good for him. I, I love, I love that confidence. That. Yeah, I, I would mean, love to see Bowling Green take that step forward, become an elite <clears throat> team. They've been kind of hanging around that... 8 to 12 range for the last four or five years at NCDA. Um, I think their biggest win was beating Michigan State, but that was the year before I was a freshman. Okay. So I would have been Nationals 2008 okay. at Ohio State. Um, so it would be pretty cool to see that. Um, I don't know if they have the depth to be able to pull that off, but Brady gets hot. And if some of those other players on the team, Dave Maldoni, I know I just slotted your name. I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's but if they get hot, this is a team that could, you know, they're not going to go undefeated, but, like, they go 3-1 and one and Kent State goes 3-1, but BGSU beats Kent State. Like, right. you get, they get the tie break, so. Well, exactly. That's what I was about to say. Like, you know, if if Kent State, uh, who, in my opinion, is the favorite, if they falter against Ohio State, you know, and and just the way it works, the schedule works out, everyone ends up, you know, 3-1 and one or whatever, that you know, just similar to last year. You know, depending on how the, the tiebreakers fall, you know, Ohio State or Kent State could get the short end of a tiebreaker, and you know it definitely could go to BGSU. I would love to see them. Uh, I would personally pick BGSU over RIT, um, just for experience, just because of experience sake, and just because I feel like Brady is in that game would be one of the best players on the court. Um, and I would love to. I would personally love to see um, BGSU versus Kent, just because uh, I would like to see Camden and Brady go. You know. Yeah. One, two, or go against each other one-on-one, not necessarily one-on-one, but, you know, lead their teams against each other and, and, and see what they can do. I um, mean, a one-on-one battle of the death gladiator style would be awesome. Time, be awesome. No, that would be absolutely <laughs> awesome, but, I mean, that's a little selfish of me to ask, you know, yeah. Camden and Brady to, to set that up. So, yeah, uh, so, yeah I, I, would, I would, I'm, my pick is Kent State, but I would love to see, um, I would love to see, you know, sort of a, one of those tournaments where everyone beats everyone. And it's and it's kind of at the end. There's no there's no clear person that had the the dominant record, but you know, BGSU could pull it out. Ohio State could pull it out. Um, or Miami, Miami. Oh, uh, Miami. Uh, yeah, they haven't had the results. But if you look at last year's Nationals roster or Nationals results, they lost by one to UWP, lost mm-hmm. by one to James Madison, lost by one to Michigan State. Like, if they have a roster similar to that, and they just take another step. You know, maybe they could pick up one or two wins at this tournament. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, two of those teams that you just mentioned, James Madison and Michigan State. You know, in the last couple of years, those have been. You know, I mean, yeah. James Madison was around only last year, but yeah. even you know the two years before that, you know, Michigan State and James Madison have been you know in the top five teams in the league, and mm-hmm. you know, only losing by one. You know, I mean, that's basically you know a. a trapped ball or a, a crazy, you know, leg catch away from, from taking a point and, and winning. So, I mean, who knows what could happen. It's, it's, I think it's going to be the, the most hotly contested um, 
uh, tournament of the three just because I feel like... Really? That, yeah, I personally do. Just because I feel like um, Kent and Ohio State are pretty are pretty close. Um, so I, I think that uh, BGSU and uh, Miami are pretty close. So and But I also feel like even though that I would personally put Ohio State and Kent State above BGSU and Miami, I wouldn't necessarily say put you know $100 on the fact that I think that they both would beat uh, Miami and uh, BGSU. See, I would say either the MDC or Beast would be more competitive okay. because of the two teams that you named as being like the competitive teams for the ODC, they're both going to the Beast. Right. And you add in Saginaw and James Madison and Central and Towson and WKU into that group. In other words, I was wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then you have... Four of the top seven teams in the country. I would say three of the top four teams in the country if you throw out the records right. at the MDC. So, well, I mean, you're, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm just giving a different opinion. Yeah, and my opinion very well might be wrong. And I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not opposed to admitting that. Um, so uh, to, to further explain why my opinion was wrong, uh, let's, go, let's go on <laughs> to the MDC. Um, it's going to be uh, Michigan State, Central, and Grand Valley, and Saginaw. Uh, this one's gonna be fun. I am. Uh, we just got some news yesterday that um, one of our all NCDA players, number nine Eric Paul, has uh, broken a bone in his foot. So he will be out four to six weeks, unfortunately. So uh, he will not be participating in the MDC unless unless we, I can unless him. <laughs> unless we make him hobble, which we might end up doing. Um, but I mean that puts you know. Well, that puts our injury list um, of all stars from last year at two. two. We have two, two all stars. Two of the two of the two four. Of the four. So half and the other two have graduated. And the other two have graduated. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, no, but uh, so we also have a, uh, a very promising young rookie who's coming back from mono. I don't know if he's going to be able to um, make the MDC. We'll have to see. Ethan. Ethan. Yeah. Yeah. Is yeah. he going to be able? Is he going to be able to play? I hope so. I hope so too, because uh, we're Ethan. We're, we're we're praying for you. But. We're 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 uh, we're spread a little thin right now. So uh, <laughs> Ethan, get better. Uh, and then we've also had some players with uh, appendectomies. So it's yeah. been, it's been a. Uh, it's not been very healthy, uh, healthy times at no, East Lansing, but no. uh, but it's. I mean, we still have you know uh, some all stars from a couple of years ago. Um, Sam, Sam Miller, Miller was an all star <laughs> a couple of years ago. So was uh, Kevin Child, Kevin Miller, Kevin Miller. They were all all stars. Uh, so hopefully we'll be able to you know get get healthy and uh, get some people who have had school obligations. I mean, who goes to school to actually not play dodgeball and go to school? <laughs> Seriously, dodgeball is the first priority. No, I'm yeah. kidding, but. Um, my my goal is to to take two out of the three uh, because I feel like that the that especially Saginaw and Grand Valley, you know I feel like the the peak of our season so far has been the game at Grand Valley that was the best that we played even though the results weren't what we wanted, um, but it's all been downhill from there with injuries and you know and uh, and uh, people not being able to make tournaments due to school. Um, so I would love to see us take down uh, two out of those three, um, just because that's a long day. If you know, bless the people who beat all three of those teams back to back to back, because that's that's a tough thing to do. Um, but I'm hoping that we can replicate our success from uh, Saginaw uh, earlier in the year at the Ohio uh, at the Ohio Invite. Yeah. Um, that being said, they'll have Elliot and Spencer back. Yep. Um, and I don't know if they have anyone else back, um, or if they're just adding those two to those roster. I don't know. Um, but we'll have to see. 
they're definitely not someone that you can count ever. So it'll be definitely interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I know you just said that you like two out of three is good for you. Yeah, three out of three is good. for I you. know. Uh, I'm. This is the last home turn for like half our team. Right. So I'm really hoping we can go and win this thing. Absolutely. And uh, I think less than a championship <laughs> would be a disappointment for Michigan State. Honestly, this has been our best season uh, in a couple years. So we got to do this. Um, you've been talking a lot about Michigan State, so I'll talk about Central. Uh, Hopefully they can get a full roster. Absolutely. At least 15 would be nice uh, because playing them with 10, even though they're still really good with 10, it's just it's tough. You, you wear down on them eventually. They don't have the depth to match. Um, a Grand Valley or Saginaw. A Grand Valley or Saginaw Valley or Michigan State. So um, let's just hope that they have the full 15. If they do and Bryce is healthy. Yeah, that's the This thing. is a team that can win the MDC. Absolutely. Any four of these teams can win the MDC. But if Bryce is healthy, they have a full 15. Brett had one in Westerly Peters are catching. They can win the NBC. I, I just want Bryce to be healthy because uh, at, the, uh, at the Spartan Invite, <laughs> one of our rookies was like, oh, it doesn't look like he's throwing that hard. I was like, you just watch yourself because if he wants to blow you up in the face, he will blow you up in the face. And his shoulder was bothering him, and he was kind of like, oh, yeah, I'm not really worried about him. So Bryce be healthy and, and, and put, his, put our rookies in their place so that they know not to, not to mess with people. Yeah, and one of our head captains was talking trash about how he couldn't throw and how he threw him out a couple times. Oh, my God. Okay. Do I really need to tell the story about how you threw no. about 40 miles an hour? And no, he... we, don't, we don't need to go into this. <laughs> so, yeah, but Central, I, I think, could do it. Um, Saginaw could do it. Grand Valley could do it. Michigan State could do it. Uh, Saginaw, like we said, uh, we don't know who is, back. who is back. Right. We haven't played them since Ohio. I haven't heard very much about them from the other teams other than the fact that Spencer and Elliott are back. Um, with those two back, though, they're still a very dangerous teams. Absolutely. Um, they still can win the championship. Uh, just right on Spencer alone, because like we said with Kent State at the last thing, Camden Fulmer, get the best player on the court, blah, 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 blah. Spencer, unless Bryce is healthy, best player on the court, can carry a team. Wait, you're not saying that you're the best player on the court? I thought you threw out Bryce at the Spartan Invite. What's what's going on? Are you uh, are you willing to uh, concede that title? Uh, yeah, I'll concede okay, a lot good. of titles. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, <coughs> yeah, so they got one of the best players on the court, so they can do this. Uh, they got good catches, Tori Poplinski, um, stuff like that. So, And the Green Valley, obviously, they'll have nearly their best roster for this tournament, Absolutely. if not their best, um, and they're always – nearly impossible to beat. I'm expecting this is another one of those tournaments I can see people go two and one. Yeah. Like I can see like three teams go two and one and one team go three, unfortunately, or like two teams go two and one, one team go one and two, another team go one and two. Would that make mathematical sense? I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> but I just think it'll be a close one. Um yeah that would make sense. That okay. would work. That's yeah. fine. So um yeah, this could be one of those ones where you just come down to it and it comes down to tie breaks. So Yeah. I mean, I personally feel like, I mean, looking at this uh, this year so far, um, if you look strictly by the record, I would say that Grand Valley would be the favorite just because uh, they beat Michigan State um, at their place. Mm -hmm. uh, they lost to Saginaw, but then Michigan State also beat Saginaw. But Grand Saginaw. Valley also beat Saginaw. Grand Valley also beat at Saginaw. Bowling Green. At Bowling Green. Um, uh, but I, but Saginaw, Central Saginaw had a depleted roster for sure when we played them, yeah. and I don't know what their roster was like when um, 
when we played or when Saginaw played or when Grand know. Valley played Saginaw at Bowling Green. I don't know what the ro- the state of their roster was like, but I know that when we played them, Michigan State played them, they definitely had a depleted roster. And <clears throat> um, but I mean, Grand Valley has beaten every team in this tournament before. Yeah. Um, hopefully, hopefully it's, um, somebody can can knock them off uh, and get them out of the rhythm. Uh, they would they would be uh, the team that scares me the most realistically. Well, and then Saginaw is always a different team outside of Saginaw. Yeah, like they're easily have the best home home court advantage. Uh, yeah, Grand Valley has only lost two games in the history of their team at home, and they're both the central. Mm-hmm. So I would say they have the best like playing at home, but that's also they're also the best team ever by far. So right. I don't know how much that correlates. Right. It's, Whereas Saginaw is like probably the third or fourth best team in history of the league. And uh, um, but you can tell how much better they play at home. Right. And uh, you've seen in the past. I hope it's not like this this year, guys. Please don't do it like this. But in the past, they've <laughs> had they've gone to the MDC, lost their first game, and just thrown in the towel. And they did that, and that's how we beat them the first two times that we beat them in my career. They they had already lost, and they just didn't even really try. I. I would be willing to bet money that that will not happen. Yeah, I, I would hope it won't happen. I, I would be willing to bet um, all the money in my wallet, which is not very much, but <laughs> I'd still be willing to bet it, uh, that that would not happen. Yeah. Uh, just because I think that uh, the guys that I know on that team are way too good at competitors, yeah. and I have never seen uh, Spencer play dodgeball half-assed. Yeah. So uh, just just realistically, I, I would never expect that to happen. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. It's not. I, I really hope it won't happen. I don't think it will happen, but it's always a possibility. Michigan State struggling out the gate. That's always a possibility. <laughs> Central not having 15 players is always a possibility. Grand Valley, Grand Valley this season has struggled in the first points against Saginaw. They dropped the first point in both games that they played against Saginaw. That's a possibility. So we're not just saying we're not saying that these are the four best teams in the country. They're all in, invincible. Everybody's gonna go undefeated. Yeah. Every single one of these teams has a flaw. Absolutely. And this isn't like Grand Valley, my freshman year, 0809, when they didn't drive a single point. This is a Grand Valley team that's good, but not Undefeated. invincible. Right. This is the second. This is the Saginaw Valley team of last year. Right. They have holes. This isn't Michigan. Well, this is the best Michigan State team possibly. Well, hopefully. So but we still have holes. And this isn't the central team of. 2010, 2011, because they, they have holes. Right. Well, we have holes in the form, in the uh, shape of all-stars. Yeah. <laughs> so those are those are some pretty big holes, just letting you know. Yeah. All right. So we're running a little low on time, so we're going to move to the Beast. Okay. Um, it's at James Madison, and it stands for like Big East Appalachian Super Tournament, something like that, I think. Something I probably will forget at some point. Yeah. So, so we'll just, we'll just stick with the Beast. <laughs> so it's James Madison, Virginia Commonwealth, a.k.a. BCU, um, Saginaw Valley, Central Michigan, Kent State, Towson, Miami, Western Kentucky, Rochester Institute of Technology, and Ohio State. So a really big freaking tournament. Felix pointed this out on the forums that this is bigger than Nationals 2009, <laughs> which is crazy. No way. Is yeah, that true? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we did the math, and it's bigger than Nationals 2009. So Wait, you, you just, counted each team? That was your math? <laughs> well, we counted both, <laughs> both tournaments. And... Uh, so it's a it's a big deal. It's big. It's the big East Appalachian. Yeah, I'm still gonna forget it. Yeah, I'm still gonna forget it. So, um, who do you who do you have in this one going? I mean, there's definitely a lot of talent. Um, I would say my short list 
would be um, SVSU, um, depending on the roster, CMU and JMU. Uh, those would be my that would be my shortlist for the title. Um, if you know if Bryce is healthy and they bring you know 15 people, which is probably like a 10-hour drive or something, yeah. something ridiculous like that. Um, if they bring 10 people. You know, it's I would I would probably eliminate them from that short list just because mm. I feel like that the talent pool is too deep, um, and I would so if if that qualifier um, being said, I would narrow it down probably between SDSU and JMU, um, and just because I feel like that those are the two teams that that have out of this pool that have impressed me the most. Um, so especially with JMU, you know they they took a point from they took the first point from Grand Valley, um, they beat us. Uh, so as far as picking a favorite between those two, flip a coin for me. I mean it's it's you know even if it even if someone's favorite in my mind it's only fifty five forty five. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and say well not go out on a limb but I'm just gonna throw a dart at the dartboard and say that JMU wins their home tournament. Um, but I've been wrong before. I'll probably be wrong again <laughs> in my lifetime. So uh, that's that's where I stand on that. Okay. Um, I want to surprise you a little bit with my top two teams. Okay. Uh, for one, I have Saginaw Valley. This is assuming that everybody brings their best possible roster that okay. they've brought this season. So Central only has 10 players because it's the best that we've seen this season. So, oh, there goes my <laughs> smoke detector. Um... Pay no attention to the long yeah. beeping in the background. So, um, I'm going to say SVC's one. Kent State. There you go. Kent State. You guys are finally getting your dab. This isn't just because you guys are going to be crap. <laughs> I really do think that you guys can do well this tournament. You've, done, you've beaten JMU every time you played them before. Mm -hmm. um, you've got the power to throw out their guys because they're not going to catch your throws. Uh, as long as you guys can keep playing defense, keep blocking... You play ball control just as well as Jamie does, so that would be an interesting battle. I will say Kent State either wins or gets second place in this tournament. Yeah, I think I think that's a fair assessment. Um, I feel like that the JMU team that I've seen twice, um, in in my opinion, I feel like uh, is is better suited um, or better uh, better overall than Kent. Even though Kent has beat them, I just, you know, just from what I have seen playing both teams, because we've played Kent twice this season, we've played JMU at the end of the year last year and once this year, mm -hmm. uh, I would give the slight nod to, to JMU. Um, and I'm not, I'm definitely not counting on Saginaw, just because, you know, they've beaten Grand Valley once this year. Uh, but it's not at home, so that's difficult. It's going to be a long drive. Uh, this this is going to be a, a, a bloodbath. Of a tournament, I would I would be shocked, absolutely shocked, if anyone went undefeated. Yeah. There's I, I'm, I mean I'm not gonna put money on it, but that would that would surprise me um, very very much to see anybody go undefeated. Um, and if somebody does go undefeated, they instantly become top three oh, national championship favorite. No question. I think that I think that um, even if somebody went undefeated in this tournament, I would still put Grand Valley ahead of them, um, and uh, possibly Kentucky, depending. Yeah. Um, but well, I would, I would definitely, I would definitely put Kentucky. Right, I would well, put Kentucky tied with Grand Valley at this point. Okay, that's fair. I mean, it's it's you know it's there's a little bit of wiggle room in my mind, um, but I think that you know one or two losses will the winner will have one or two losses, uh, one for sure, maybe even two, depending on you know how tiebreakers work mm -hmm. and and how everything works like that. Um, but you know JMU at home, they've got you know they have people 
who didn't even play on in the Chicago Dodgeball Open drive, you know, like halfway across the country to go and watch their team. You know, they've definitely got some loyalty. They've got. I'm, I'm assuming they have somewhat of a fan base, um, just from knowing, you know, the people who drove, you know, 85 hours to you know go to Chicago. It's yeah. a slight exaggeration. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Um, but so I'm assuming that they'll have. They not quite as good as a home home court advantage as Saginaw, but I'm ex- definitely expecting a home court advantage. Um, and it just it's going to be about matchups. If if uh, JMU can can uh, battle against uh, Kent State if they play ball control, um, and if if JMU can bring out the power arms to if they if Kent State does play ball control, uh, if uh, JMU can bring out the power arms to pick them off. Because if not, you know it's definitely a 50-50 game. Yeah, and then let's talk about some of the other teams that, that are going to you, because we've already talked about uh, Kent and uh, JMU, Saginaw Central, Miami, all the RIT, all the schools. So let's talk about VCU, Towson, and WKU. Okay. WKU's got a good chance. Oh, absolutely. Um, right now, uh, they need to get some wins, I think. I think this is going to be a big turn for them. Um, even if they don't win it, picking up two wins... Three wins. Oh, I think they... That would be crucial just to get them not a low seed at Nationals right now. I think they have one or two wins. They, and, and and for the record, they are much better than their record yeah. indicates. They yeah. are infinitely better than their record indicates just because they've played arguably the best team in the nation how many times? Three times. Three times. Yeah. So, I mean, out of and how many losses do they have? I think four. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, they, they are much better than their record indicates for sure. Yeah. So, like... Getting out of that last year, they got screwed. I'm sorry, but they did with the way the <laughs> stuff worked out. We were screwed worse than the Michigan teams did. I know we've been complaining. Oh, blah 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 blah. All four Michigan teams in the same side of the bracket. It That's happens. stupid. No, it happens. WKU was one of the top probably eight teams, and they had to play another top six team in the first round. Yeah, and they drove all the way to Saginaw. Yeah, they did well at their group stage. They just got unlucky that they got Kent State and Central in their group. So they're like the hardest group. Wow. They play Michigan State in the first round, lose. So they drove all the way. And they, I'm sure they had fun. I'm sure it was a good time. But they should have always made it to the quarterfinals. Yeah. And this year, I don't want the same thing to happen to them. Either this year, they don't have to drive all the way to Lexington. <laughs> Much easier. Much easier. But at the same time, I would like them to have like three or four wins. That way, the, when they get to... Nationals, they pick up one or two wins in their group, and then kind of just have like an easier round, first right. round match, hopefully. Um, Towson, Sean Smith, Jonathan Shaw, those are the captains. Yeah, you got it. You finally got it. And it's not like those are hard names either. They're not hard. They're not like you know ridiculously hard names. You just you just you got, you got to pick up the ball. Yeah, let me double check that. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, they've been playing great. Um, uh, from what I've been told, they're a good team. They're not like, you know, last year, what I was told, they weren't the best team. This year, they're still not Grand Valley, but they're getting a lot better. Absolutely. So, it's improvement. And, um, the East Coast in general, with VCU as well, it's just getting a lot better. And it's nice to see other group, other stages of the country get better and be able to compete with the Michigan region and with kind of the Ohio region, kind of the Kentucky region. So, Yeah, I, uh, I mean, this is 
one of the if one of if not the toughest tournament of the year. Um, so, an, uh, for a new team like VCU, for you know a, a, an up and coming team like Towson, <coughs> excuse me, it's it's definitely going to 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 test them. And you know even if they go you know oh and three, how many games do they get? Four, five. I think. They're going to get five. Jeez, that's a lot of dodgeball in a day. Um, even if they go zero and five or one and four, you know, their seeding won't reflect, you know, in nationals. In you know, their seeding won't reflect, you know, what they gain from this tournament just because they're going to see some of the best teams in action. And you know, if they replicate, you know, what they can, you know, with with some of these teams, they're they're going to make huge strides from from the you know the first day of dodgeball this year to nationals. I think that I think this was proved with JMU last year. First year teams. Are no longer, you know, yeah. just kind of pushovers. First-year teams are definitely something that you need to be careful of because when you see a team like Grand Valley, when you see a team like Kentucky, you know, especially with the big three in uh, Central, when you see and when you watch them play, you learn. When you watch the great teams play, you learn a lot quick. They learn a lot quicker because I think the talent in the league is much more than it used to be. Yes, I agree. And um, also, <coughs> it's not just in one area, like you saw. All the talent was in Michigan. So then, like, Eastern was a first-year team, but instead of having the opportunity to grow, the only games they were getting were against Michigan teams, so they're just getting beat up on. Right. Now you're seeing talent throughout the league. So when you're playing, like, a school like Towson, um, Towson say they played Kentucky, and they're like, wow, Kentucky's really good. We should emulate that. But then they get a game against a team like VCU. No offense, VCU, but you guys are, like, even talent levels. Yeah. So it's not like they're playing only teams that are sweet. They're playing teams that are at their level as well. So it's not like, you know, Eastern where they're just getting destroyed. Henry Ford Community College, they got destroyed by Saginaw in their first game. People still feel bad about that. <laughs> um, so you get to – or and it's not like, you know, if another – like say a school popped up in Illinois right now, they would have to play schools outside of the region. Mm-hmm. Like when you have Nebraska, Kansas State, they play that first game. Kansas State's like, oh yeah, we beat Nebraska ten to nothing. We must be sweet because the average scores are six to, like the highest score is like six to nothing. So we beat a team ten to nothing, so we must be sweet. So they get the nationals, and, and they got destroyed. Right. No offense, Kansas State, you got destroyed. Um, <laughs> so it just helps that they not only are they playing good schools, they're also playing schools at the level. So while they're getting to emulate these good schools, they're also getting a chance to play schools to improve. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great for the league. I think that the beast is uh, really good for the league, just because not only is it the biggest tournament and you know each team gets five games, but you know it's it's giving teams who are entering the league uh, a chance to 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 compete to see the best and you know teams at their level. I think I think that it's one of the most valuable tournaments as far as development of the league goes. Yes. I feel like it's 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 really important for you know as we always talk about expansion expansion of the league and you know I, I'm glad to see that teams like Central and Saginaw are willing to make the 10-hour drive um, just because it's it's that important of a tournament yeah um, and I'll be really 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 happy <coughs> if Saginaw and Central make the 10-hour drive with their best rosters and if they just go with their B team and they go and go like wow these teams are good but they're not Untouchable. Untouchable. Then the game is going to grow, but not as fast as it would as they saw Saginaw Central with their best roster. So 
So, um, and yeah. it'd be, it showed dedication as well. Yeah. Just hey, we're bringing our twenty best players to ten hour drive. Like that'd be amazing. It's gonna be very very interesting. Um, real quickly, like we have like five minutes left. Okay. So let's talk about the All Star game. All Star game. I want to promote it. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> So for who those, made you captain? For those who do I have, have to complain to? Zach man? Brown. Oh, Zach Brown, you're getting, a, you're getting a strongly worded letter from me, my friend, for making Sam Hiller a captain. Co-captain. Um, eh. So for those of you who haven't heard, uh, which I think is a lot of you, um, we're doing the All-Star game a little differently this year for Nationals. Once again, it's going to be at Nationals, but um, instead of doing Michigan versus the world like it was the first time when uh, Michigan was good and the world was in oh, oh. <laughs> talking a little smack there are we bud i mean the score was one to nothing but it was only 10 and a half and we took the first point in two minutes <coughs> and they pulled all the michigan state players out and look what happened oh okay <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it was because sam hiller wasn't throwing his 45 mile an hour bean ball at people's face sure hey, that's why i, I got lost. a headshot that, that game uh-huh he didn't it, he didn't feel it it didn't hurt <laughs> sam, no comment sam just made the saddest <laughs> face ever so, um, yeah, so, and then last year, no offense, it was a little on the more boring side because nobody had, like, a, it was just drawn out of hats of players and just kind of spread out, and there wasn't really a rooting interest. So, um, this year, Zach Brown from Kentucky, the captain of Kentucky, decided that uh, the All-Star game was going to be four captains, two on each team, mm-hmm. um, to divide up the players, like the NHL All-Star draft, where you have... Uh, um, like one team will draft and the other team will draft two players, so on and so forth. Right, right. Um, so it'll look, it'll be you have an interest. Mm-hmm. Like you say, hey, Sam Hiller sucks, so I'm gonna root for the <laughs> other team. So team one is Dan Shackelford of Kent State. He's one of the captains, number thirty-three, and Felix Peroni, the assistant captain, formerly the head captain of Western Kentucky. He's number seventy-six. Uh, from what I've heard, they want to be the brave little toasters. Okay. So keep that in mind when you're rooting, that you're rooting for a toaster. Okay. And uh, the other team is Zygmunt Maloney, who's a captain or something. He's like a all-around all all around awesome. All-around awesome slash website dude for DePaul. And Sam Hiller, a.k.a. me. A.k.a. Um, <laughs> from Michigan State. So, um... Yeah, we haven't decided on our team name yet. We have a couple ideas. Yeah. But um, save those. We'll save them. It's still it's still in research and development. We'll yeah. Still, we'll, we'll get back to you. Yeah. So <laughs> we're trying to think of something more manly and not mechanical than a children's movie. But for for the record, I have not determined my allegiance for this All Star game. However, first team, I don't care which team it is, to hit Sam Hiller in the head. I don't care if it's his own team or the other team. We'll have my allegiance flat. That is that is non-negotiable. If you if you're on if Sam Hiller picks you number one overall, and you hit him in the head in the back of the head with a throw, you you got my support, bud. I don't think I'm playing actually. I think I'm just coaching. Oh, okay. So whoever wings a ball into the coach's <laughs> box and hits Sam Hiller in the face, you have my support. Yeah. So yeah, I wouldn't blame you if you wanted to root against us, but. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to root against you just on principle now. Yeah, I, I hope we have a couple fans rooting for us. Woo-hoo, go team two. So, um, well, no, you need a name first before you before you solicit for fans. You can't just be true. team two. That's true. Maybe it will be the New Orleans Pelicans or something. Oh, I don't please, know. no. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Hopefully it works almost as well as the Michigan versus 
the world game, mm-hmm. if not better. So, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening to Average Joe's Podcast. Uh, we will see you back next month with recaps of the tournaments that we just talked about. And uh, I think that's pretty much all yeah, we're A couple do. other issues. A couple just other issues, a league, yeah. A league-wide survey. Um, yeah. But other than that, uh, it's going to be a fun time. Yeah, thank you.